Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Shred Show Live, where we bring you industry professionals, entrepreneurs, and the best of the best from around the world who are willing to share how they shred, the strategies, the techniques, and the actionable items that you need in your business to go out and dominate. Join us as we shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. Let's go. Not gonna lie, Jacob. Every time I hear that song, I just get pumped up. I start dancing in my seat here. I'm excited to hang out with you this morning, Mr. Jacob Gavney of Gavney and Austin. What is up, brother? How are you this morning? How was your weekend, man? It was good. It was really good. Thank you so much for asking. Uh, got away a little bit. Went to Oklahoma City for a rugby tournament. Not me, of course. Uh, I was but gonna say, Jacob, you play rugby? I, I like, used I- to play. I used to play rugby for Reuters in uh, London when I worked uh, at Reuters. I played on the city league. Uh, now my daughter plays, and uh, and and the point is, is I was away, so I tipped like crazy. I tipped thirty percent. I stimulated Oklahoma City as best I could. It was a very stimulating trip. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, you stimulated Oklahoma City. That's what I like to I hear. Jay. Always doing your it's- part, man. I love it. Love it. All right, man. So we got some fun things to talk about this morning, but I think before we even get anywhere, is I didn't even know this existed, but is there actually affordable housing in California right now? Uh, well, you know, it, it, there is. I mean, <clears throat> what's what's affordable? You want some, what are you looking for, Josh? You looking for something in San Francisco or like Ooh. Bay Area, Oakland? Yeah. If you look for Bay Area, Oakland, I've got a really beautiful property for you. It's under six hundred k. Look at that, ladies and gentlemen. A two bedroom, one bathroom in California, under six hundred k. It is possible for you. It's a little bit of a fixer upper there but uh you know i mean i mean what are you how picky are you josh do you need do you need a driveway no plumbing i mean you know what what is what do buyers want these days look at that look at that land i mean you need grass i don't think so this is a stunner nice log cabin plenty (laughs) of storage and it is not in the middle of the country at all no no this is it is in the thick this is, I mean, this is Oakland, California. This is prime real estate, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. And I, I look at this. If you got a little bit of imagination, some creativity behind you, this is a bachelor pad in the making. Plus, the, the the landscape, not a lot of upkeep. I mean, you don't need to mow the grass, ladies and gentlemen. You, <laughs> Jacob, here's the thing that just blows my mind. Can you see this, ladies and gentlemen, right here? This has 42,000 views. 42,000 views of people actually like interested in this real estate. I, I think it's going to sell. I think, you know what? If I, if maybe I, I'm going to go get it. I'm going to go get it, Jake. I'm going to go drop the 575. We're going to go pay cash for this. We're going to start Shred Studios right out of there. Oakland, California, ladies and gentlemen, let's go. You know, man, I mean, if, if you look at the history of this particular property, this particular property has survived two house fires. Name a single family residence today that survives a house fire. Not once. But twice, twice, these things were built to last. Built to last, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I, I assume whoever is going to take it, I don't know if they're going to be able to tear it down. It looks like a national memorial type thing. Absolutely. But there's plenty. If you look at the lot, there's plenty of uh, opportunity around it. You can see there's houses on either side. I'm sure the neighbors are going to love whatever you do. I was going to say, no matter what you do, your neighbors are going to love you. So, ladies and gentlemen, here you go. If you're looking for a place in Oakland, that's uh, don't miss out. It's like Bitcoin. It's like cryptocurrency, ladies and gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Don't miss out on your opportunity when it's right before you. Oh, my yeah. goodness. 
You're oh, only competing with uh, 43,000 views there. So I say better get on top of it. Better get on top of it, ladies and gentlemen. So much more to move on to. Jacob, something yeah. else that's uh, kind of hot is uh, companies are amassing all sorts of capital right now. I mean, this is one of those things that not just little, but I mean, a lot of a lot of capital. Yeah, well, we we know that the big banks have gone on record saying, "Look, we have to we have to do a lot more to stay competitive." There are so many fintechs you've got. You know, you've got Blend filing for its IPO. Um, their their value is is through the roof. You see all sorts of deals happening in the space, and right now the strategy of the big banks is to raise as much money as they can. Not sure what they're going to do with it yet. It seems consumer lending is the obvious choice. Right. They want to be sure to extend capital to people because we're looking to have a big boom. Maybe not so much mortgages, maybe not so much auto loans, but people are just going to buy, 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 buy. JP Morgan last week did a deal that was astronomical. And I don't think people really understand what's going on. Maybe we could get Chris Whalen on or something to walk us through. But $13 billion in one day, they issued $13 billion in corporate loans. As we were talking before the show, in his life, in his life, Bernie Madoff only was able to get $65 billion. So you're talking like over the course of decades, $65 billion. And that was the biggest fraud in history was $65 billion, right? So, So you look at J.P. Morgan which is not a fraudulent deal. Obviously, it's a legitimate corporate bond sale. Nice low rates, right? Uh, lots of good, easy money out there in the market. What could go wrong? They are not the only bank that has done this. All the banks are doing this right now. We just report on JP Morgan because it was the largest deal of its kind ever. 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 That, ever. I mean, that's just stunning to me, Jacob. And again, this is something that I... When I when when we first started talking about this, discussing it, I was absolutely blown away that this is. I mean, this isn't just big. This is biggest ever. Mm-hmm. I think it's pretty pretty. And, and, you, and you could see you could see in in the article there the main street businesses are just itching for credit. They need they want to expand. They need to hire. They can't pay minimum wage anymore. They nope. can't get people to. There's a there's a movement going on right now, Josh, that is not talked about at all. Okay. And I want to get to the breaking news that we sent this morning as well. And we'll get to that. Yep. But let's talk about the fact that employers are waking up realizing that they have to pay a fair wage, that it is not enough for billionaires. And, and it's going to take some time to get there. You know, the union efforts at Amazon failed. That was what are union efforts? An attempt for workers to get more money from the banks. Bingo. Have you ever worked for a union? Nope, never have. I've worked for a union. Okay, let me. They they hold elections. They do all that. I've worked for writers unions. I voted for the Oscars. I did this. I did that. Right, and I paid my dues. And I've got a four hundred one k. Lord knows where it is. They can't <laughs> tell me. Uh, I'm not a member anymore, so they don't want to help me. But of course, unions have never helped me personally mm. because I, I don't think they work. But in this, but in this market where there is a ton of capital. It makes sense to spread the wealth. The best way to do it is big tipping. The other way to do it is to pay a higher hourly wage. And that's the only way you could compete to get people to come to work for you is yep. you got to pay them more. And I'm not talking about any of the businesses we're in and the people who are on the show, none of the businesses they're in. I'm talking about the businesses you deal with on the day to day, right? 
You see now hiring signs every single time you go get a coffee, every single time you go get a sandwich, there is a now hiring sign on the side of that door. And there's a reason they can't hire people because they can't afford to pay them what they're worth, which is a lot more than what people are willing to pay. So there's a huge disconnect there. We're going to see how it plans out. But all this later on, man, this leads to this leads to home ownership. This leads, mm-hmm. you know, people want to build their wealth so they can afford to buy things. And JP Morgan is saying we're building money so that we can give you the credit so that you can buy these things. So eventually, as the economy begins to return, you can see how it all starts to build up until, you know, eventually it all crashes. Again. As I say, until eventually it all crumbles down, until it all washes away and we all just fall into the ocean. All right, so we've got a few more things to talk about, Jacob. One of the things, do we want to talk about breaking news next or do we want to go into uh, what brokers are needing right now? Well, here's the thing is it's breaking, not breaking, right? We just sent, I, think, I like uh, that. You guys just sent a breaking news. We were working on it, it this didn't. morning instead yep. of getting instead of getting pretty for the show. I was working on the news. Sorry about that, Josh. Working I hard. I appreciate it, Jacob. Uh, you know, we, we've been saying this for, for weeks ever since the CFPB launched its warning to mortgage servicers. We said this is this is just the first step. They're launching probes now. They're launching probes. Why does the CFPB launch probes? Because they want to penalize you. How do they penalize you? They fine you. Uh-oh. Okay. So now they're doing it. We're still looking into it. There's an exclusive story from my former employer at Reuters. Pretty good stuff. They're working hard over there. Uh, and they cite three sources close to the matter saying that now the U.S. watchdog is cracking down on mortgage servicers, their language, not ours. They said that they were launching probes, that they've already launched probes, which is the breaking news. Uh, We warned that they were going to be doing this, but they're going to be trickling through finding everybody. And as I said before on the show, Josh, I'm not sure that there's a single mortgage servicer out there that can account for the type of service the CFEB is demanding. I just don't think that servicers had the tech I don't think that they have the ability to do what the CFPB has asked. And this has made them very, very vulnerable to penalization. They've not had a moment to breathe. Um, and you and you saw, you know, I read on Housing Wire, uh, Bob Brokschmidt was talking about how mortgage servicers stepped up to the plate. They did in so much that they could with the right. resources they had available. They were woefully under-resourced, woefully under-resourced. And now they're going to have to pay for it. So the money they should have invested in technology two, three, four years ago is now money they're going to pay for the CFPB. I mean, how many, like realistically, Jacob, how many lenders are going to be like directly affected by this? I mean, like I said, it could be all of them. It could be huge, Josh. I don't want to sit here and, you know, it's Monday morning. Yeah, of course. Not everyone's had their coffee and I don't want to make them (laughs) start to have tunnel vision and black out. But uh, the CFPB has identified a easy target here, okay? Ooh. And it is not something, look, everybody loves a villain, right? And after yeah, the last crisis, we know who the villains were. We're going to talk about brokers here in a bit. They got their fair share of uh, of, of, of a bit of a disparagement, and now it's going to be the servicers. And, you know, the, the good news is, is that the public at large doesn't understand mortgage servicing. So we have a bit of an advantage there, right? But- that's also a disadvantage because they might complain about their lender. Sure. You know, even though their lender hasn't seen the loan for a year or two. Right. Right. And then you have the subservicer as well that comes into it 
And how many of the consumers are know that it's the subservicer? That's not, you know, it's, it's, it's hard. And I'll tell you why, because the mortgage servicers have not been proactively communicating any of this. They've just been allowing the forbearance as they've been following the letter of the law. They have not received much guidance on how to do it, but they've done it. They've done the forbearances. They've done the deferrals after the forbearances. They've done what they could, you know, but they've tested home buyers, patients, and that is going to amount to millions, millions and millions of fines. That's my personal prediction. I think the CFPB has said, this is the way that we could show with the new administration that we mean business. Mm. There you go. Keep an eye out, and we're going to continue to bring everything when we can. We're going to continue to share. I I love Jacob that you're humble enough that we. I mean, you of all people have the education, you have the knowledge. But I love this humble prediction. It's still early to actually see what's going to going to happen. Mm-hmm. So stay tuned right here on Rise and Shred, the number one daily diary, the only daily diary of the mortgage industry. We're going to bring it to you right here, Jacob. You mentioned brokers a second ago, and yes. that's something that I want to talk about. This is something where our brokers. What are brokers in need of? Are they needing empathy? What are they actually needing from lenders? Let's talk about this a little bit. Yeah, well, we got we uh, you know we saw Andrew Berman uh, did did a show right. Yep, great great show. Uh, love his work. Um, and he was talking with Amerisave, right? And the the uh, president there was saying that what we need to give brokers as lenders is empathy. Mm. You know, we need to treat the broker with empathy, the mortgage broker, because they're in the hot seat. They're the one working with the consumer. And, you know, my question to you, Josh, is that what brokers really need? Do you share that opinion? Is that, uh, is that, is that what brokers are after in this market that they need empathy? They need support of the emotional level? See, you know what, Jacob, as, as, as we started to talk about this, as this started, as I saw this, as we, as we really started to develop this story within Rise and Shred, I started to think as a broker, again, many of you know, I'm still a licensed loan officer. I come from a bro- broker background. Do I still currently originate? No, I'm going to be honest, 100%. I don't, on, I don't originate, but I still have people reaching out to me and I still talk with brokers every single day, day in and day out. That's what we do, Jacob. We want to hear the voice of the people and talking with what brokers need. I think empathy is great. I think support, sure, awesome. But what is it, it for all you brokers originate, everybody, what is you really needing when it comes from your lender? Support, again, I'm not saying that's the top thing. What I really want to see from lenders when it comes to helping the broker channel is educating on what's going to help their business long-term. Support right now is awesome. Sure, okay, good. But when, when I start looking at my business long-term, everybody... It, a perfect example of this last week, Jacob, is we had droves of people reaching out to us here at Shred saying, hey, what, how do I make this transition from refinance to purchase? Refis are going away. We, you and I have talked yeah. about that. Rates are going up. So how do I make this transition from refinance to purchase business? And we don't have lenders coming out and helping originate. We're not helping them brokers say, hey, we're going to help you make that transition. Now's the time to be really focused on that purchase market. We don't have lenders talking about that. It's conversations like this. It's just a general gen, a general discussion of like, oh, we need empathy. We need support. I, I don't think so. Brokers are pretty happy, Jacob. Brokers have got a lot of money in their pocket. They had a good year. What they really need is the actionable items that lenders can support them of like, hey, that's something that we talk about here. Go grow your brand. Like, What do you need to be putting out in front of your consumers? What do you need to be putting out in front of your clients to continue to help them, to continue to be that that trusted advisor, that mortgage advisor, that mortgage, that mortgage partner that we always talk about. That's what we need to see more of lenders. Whether you want to call that support, some people are like, well, Josh, that's really support. No, it's not. Like lenders are just having these general 
blue blue sky discussions mm -hmm. when in actuality they need to sit down and really need to start giving things to brokers giving topics of discussion giving education so we as a broker community we as originators can go and educate our bar that's what that's what i would love to see that's the support if you will that i want to see from lenders right now but that that's me so it's 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 kind of akin to what the CFPB is telling mortgage servicers. Look, you've got to be reaching out. You've got to be proactive. You've got to be engaging. Yeah. And you need to show us that you're engaging. Yeah. These exactly. borrowers. You need to know. And we could we obviously with you know everyone see their 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 third third party originations are, are are beginning to dwindle and they want to build that they want to build that back up, right? Sure. And how do you do that? Right. Well, that's even a great I mean, from what you mentioned right there, that's something I would love to see from lenders. If you really want to help your broker community, let's start having those conversations that you and I like about forbearance, about mm -hmm. what's what's to come. Lenders should really start putting out and educating all of the, us as a broker community, as a, as originator community on what we should be looking forward to, how we can really be serving those consumers, those clients who are going to be coming out of forbearance. That's, you want to talk about support, that's what, that's the true support that the broker channel needs right now. Amen. I mean, let's just be honest. That's that, I'm going to call it as is. As much as I love, again, there and they, all of you, Michael Brenning over at um, mm -hmm. uh, over at uh, Marisave, Andrew Berman. I love this discussion. It was awesome, and I'm not saying anything negative towards it. I think it was absolutely brilliant. But but just diving into it a little bit more. All you let comment below, originators. What do you need right now? Come, mm -hmm. lo we'd love to hear your opinion. That's what we're all about. What do you need? What would you love to see from your lenders? What what support would you like to see from them? I, let's. I mean, let's be honest, Jacob. Let's hear what the people have to say, and we'll and we'll see that to come. So, that's my that's my opinion on it. But we will see. Um, what else we got, Jacob? Well, let's talk about the workforce. Let's talk oh, about. Yeah. Let's talk about the workforce. Yeah, let's talk about people going back into the office. Let's talk about people getting vaccinated. Let's talk about the best places to go back to the office too, right? Um, so we have Fortune put out its list of the top 40 best large workplaces. Now, if you've been following these lists, as long as I've been following these lists, which is a long time, I can tell you that mortgage companies don't typically make the cut often. Not very often. Uh, this fortune list is unique in that several, like more than I've ever seen, companies in our space made the cut and good for them. Like all those that you're listing right there uh, made the, the top 40 places to work and United Wholesale Mortgage, again, on the list as well, although they're kind of slipping a bit. Um, I didn't go into any uh, detail as to why that was happening, but that begs the question you know, with the, with the hybrid work from home model looking to be something that we really use to entice people, you know, we want to give them a work life balance. Do these lists even matter mm. anymore? I mean, do people if people are going to spend the majority of their time working from home, do they care if it's a great place to work? That's a very good question. Do they care if they if the if they offer lunch from work from, it's funny because we started having these discussions as well. And last week I was speaking in an event and this was actually one of the poll questions is, mm -hmm. 
are you more productive? There was a lot of questions like, are you more productive at the office? Are you more productive at home? Do you need to be working at home? Or is it, you know, do you need to be going into an office place? There's so much discussion around this. And I still think there are so many different pieces that we can't yet say, to be honest, Jacob, like we're still, yes, we're a year into this pandemic. We're, you know, almost a year into working from home situations. Is it really like our company's going to start going back? Is, is Quicken, is Rocket, are people actually going to go back in droves and start working there? I, I don't know. I, I got to tell you what I think about these lists, Josh, is I yeah. think that these lists are now more important than ever, mm. but they are at risk of becoming obsolete if oh. they don't modernize. Is your company offering the office as an extension to the home or are you making your worker work on their own? Are they using their own equipment? Are they mm. using their own desk? Are they using all the things you used to invest in with them as a worker? Are you investing with them in that situation as home? Are you making sure that their connection is secure? Are you making sure that they're not going to fall victim to cyber crime? We talk, we talk about this all the time, that the email scams are just through the roof now because people aren't seeing each other face to face. What are you doing to ensure that this is a good place to work? Are you taking into consideration the work from home environment that you are helping to create? Because one thing that that companies need to realize these days, and a lot of them don't, is that they are responsible for the work from home environment. Bingo. Okay, we're connected via Zoom, Slack, Teams, whatever. You could, I mean, it's easier to be toxic when you're not face to face. Absolutely. And that is something that in the long term could really hurt. Now, did this fortune list take all the stuff I just mentioned into account? Eh, not really, but it should. Right. It should start. It should start doing that. All these lists should take the hybrid work model into account. Other than that, pay no attention to them. And I tell you what, we won't even cover them in the rise and trend. We're only going to start covering the legit, the, the legitimate list that means something to our readers and viewers. There, there you go. I love it. And that's that's exactly what we're all about here is we want to cover the things that are legitimate to you guys. We want to cover the things mm -hmm. that are impactful. That's what we're being an attention impact network with Rise and Shred. We truly try to bring you guys what's what's impacting your lives, what's helping you, what's helping us understand and become better. Like we talked about, what do you really need within your business? What do you need within your personal life? And that's what our team continues to strive for. As you can see, as Jacob mentioned, he's over there working hard behind the scenes. That's why he's a little... I would, I, I, I like ruggedly handsome this morning. I'm going to go with that this morning, man. I, that's, that's the new, we actually, this is crazy enough. Our team, we had a meeting this morning and we heard that the, the rise of comfy clothing, you and I talked about this during Zoom calls, is now becoming more and more socially accepted. The that's rise of stretchy jeans are the, just, that is socially accepted nowadays, ladies and gentlemen. So. Well, Whoa. I I represent that comment. So, yes. you know, uh, on that of the uh, of of the the crowd that hasn't worn a belt in uh, more than a year, <laughs> so um, haven't had a need. Uh, so I'm good there. Hey, we have more important things to focus on, right, Jacob? We don't need no belts. Yeah, no, I'm paying my belt money forward. I'm not investing in belts anymore. What I haven't spent on suit, I'm now tipping. So I'm just moving the money from this pocket to that pocket. That's it. You're sharing hope, man. That's what it is. You're, you're taking that do. belt money and we're sharing hope 
right back into our communities. I love it, dude. Ladies and gentlemen, the always educational, the always inspiring Mr. Jacob Gaffney joining us this morning. And you guys can always, every Monday morning, Rise and Shred, we come to you live and we're bringing you the most important, the things that you need to know. We are the one, the only daily diary of the mortgage industry. Click below if you want to subscribe to our daily Rise and Shred. You can get it every single morning. The hottest, the latest, the breaking stories, the breaking news that you need to know. Jacob, as always, thank you, sir. Appreciate you. Thanks so much. Ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you. We love you. Now it's time for all of you to go have an incredible week. And don't forget, shred, show up, hustle, repeat every day. See ya.